Welcome to Wonder, a podcast for curious kids. Hello, Wonder. Have you ever wondered if there are plants that eat animals rather than animals that eat plants? Prepare to meet the murderers of the plant world. They snap, they trap, they stick, they suck. They are awfully strange and strangely awful. Flesh-eating plants may sound like the stuff of nightmares or science fiction. In the post-apocalyptic novel The Day of the Triffids by John Wyndham, tall, venomous plants start to walk around the country killing people with a poisonous sting, then feed off their corpses. In the real world, Carnivorous plants also commit murder, then devour the bodies of their prey, insects, lizards and even small rodents. These deadly assassins lurk underwater too, aquatic carnivorous plants that trap then digest small fish and tadpoles. When the naturalist Charles Darwin wrote in 1875 about plants that feed on insects, people did not believe him. Nor did they when he said humans probably shared a common ancestor with monkeys and apes. Of course he was right. Both times. Darwin was so excited by one type of carnivorous plant, Drosera, also known as sundews, that he wrote to a friend, At the moment I care more about Drosera than the origin of all the species in the world. More than 750 types of meat-eating plants have been found growing in remote parts of every continent, except Antarctica. Over millions of years, their leaves have evolved to attract, capture, kill and digest animals, and now they grow into weird and wonderful shapes. They can be jaw-shaped, urn-shaped, or even toilet-shaped, complete with lucite and lid. Some are leathery as an old boot, others delicate and jewel-like. The sheer cliffs of Australia's Blue Mountain National Park are covered in thousands of small sundew plants. They form a beautiful but deadly hanging garden as their wet tentacles wave in the wind, trapping and eating alive hundreds of thousands of insects. Carnivorous plants are known to use five different trapping mechanisms. The snap trappers grasp their prey in a rapid clamp movement. The pitfall traps used by pitcher plants attract insects into tube-shaped leaves with the sweet smell of nectar. But their slippery sides make it easy for their visitors to tumble to their doom in a lethal pool of juices that dissolves their bodies. Other carnivorous plants have leaves that secrete a sticky goo that glues unsuspecting insects to their leaves. These are flypaper traps. Others still have evolved bladder traps, named after that organ in our bodies that stores urine or pee. These aquatic plants suck their prey into a hollow underwater chamber through a tiny trap door that snaps shut with turbo speed. The move takes less than a millisecond, so incredibly fast the eye would miss it. Finally, there are the lobster pot traps which are easy for tiny organisms to enter, but they can never leave, thanks to inward-pointing hairs which force them to move relentlessly onward towards a digestive organ and their death. Carnivorous plants grow in places where the soil is poor, 
mountainsides, swamps and peat bogs. In order to survive there, they evolved their murderous tendencies. Like other plants, they still need light energy from the sun to photosynthesize, but they draw extra nutrition from the bodies of insects, crustaceans and rodents. Some carnivorous plants move to capture their prey. Others keep perfectly still. Those that move have tiny trigger hairs on their leaves, which, when touched, send a small electrical charge through the leaf to make it close. Human muscles work in a similar way. This is how the infamous Venus flytrap operates. With leaves that look like a pair of jaws but smell of nectar, it lures in insects. If they brush against just two trigger hairs, the jaws close tighter and tighter. Then digestive acids from glands on the inner surface of the leaf first kill, then dissolve the body of the trapped insect. Pitcher plants are motionless predators. Their slippery, tube-shaped leaves are lined with microscopic spines which make it hard for whoever ventures in to climb out again. One of the biggest pitchers is found on the island of Borneo in Southeast Asia. It is called Nepenthes Raja and grows huge lidded urn-shaped traps. These can contain over two litres of noxious liquid, and animals as big as rats have been found here, drowned and dissolved. The British geographer Stuart McPherson recently discovered a new species of giant pitcher plant in the Philippines. He named it after the natural historian David Attenborough. Nepenthes Attenborough or Attenborough's pitcher plant, has a cup-shaped pitcher. It looks like a lurid toilet with a vivid green and red stripy lucite and is big enough to put your hand inside. One type of pitcher plant in Borneo actually encourages bats to poo within it. It has evolved a kind of botanical sound wave reflector to attract bats in to roost, then feeds off the bat's guano, or poo. Why? Bat poo is a natural fertiliser, rich in nitrogen and phosphorus, which supplies the plant with the extra nutrients it needs. So you see, not quite all coniferous plants are murderers. The bats live to fly another night. One of the largest groups of coniferous plants is the fly trappers, or sundews, the ones that so dazzled Charles Darwin. Their leaves are covered in delicate hairs, with a tiny jewel of liquid poised at the end. Bugs think it is nectar, but actually it's deadly. The more the insect struggles, the more trapped it becomes, as the sundew's wispy tentacles move and curl around the insect, gluing it tightly in place while the plant leaks enzymes into the body of its wretched prey, liquefying within its own exoskeleton. This tangled relationship between plants and animals is a survival strategy, and an inventive one. Carnivorous plants evolved their toilet shapes, lobster pot designs and hinged traps long before humans created such things. We can learn from nature's ingenuity, yet many carnivorous plants are endangered today by human incursion into their natural habitats. It is lucky, then, they do not have a taste for vengeance, like the triffids, or they might eat us. Could they? Would they eat a person? One scientist decided to find out. 
Barry Rice was suffering from a nasty case of a foot fungus known as athlete's foot when he decided to feed his Venus flytraps with flakes of his own infected foot. Convinced that the plant enzymes would not be sophisticated enough to break down human tissue, he was surprised when a week later there was barely a trace of it left inside the jaws of his pet plants. Do you think the carnivorous plants of the future might evolve a taste for human flesh? Or is that simply the stuff of science fiction? Today, The Wonder Podcast was read to you by Luke Irwin. It was written and produced by Camilla Akers-Douglas and Henrietta McMicking.